0: Children of the world, parents of the world,
1: this is for you. I'm Rowena. And I'm April. We are best friends and moms to five young athletes and sisters to Olympic champions. We have a mission to inspire our kids and your kids through the stories of champions.
0: Who am I? I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion. Who am I? I am a champion.
1: Welcome, you guys, today. We are so excited. We have Paige Alms here today. She is an amazing big wave surfer with an incredible bio. She received the XXL Women's Overall Performance Award in 2018 and 2015. She was the two-time WSL Big Wave World Champion in 2017 and 2018. She was the Pihi Champion in 2017 and 2016. And she was the first woman to ever get barreled at Jaws. Like, how incredible is that? She was born in Canada and moved to Maui at the age of nine. She loves paying it forward to future generations and is an incredible role model for everyone striving to achieve their dreams which is exactly why we wanted to have her here on this podcast today. Welcome, Paige. We are so happy to have you here today. Paige, welcome. Thank you for your time.
2: Oh, so excited to chat with you ladies. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yes. Um, Let's go back to the beginning, when it all started. Do you have a memory of when you first surfed?
2: My very first surf session, I do remember because it was a surf lesson. My mom and I... We're traveling around Australia. When I was eight years old, for almost 10 months, we traveled the entire country. And we had some family friends there, and their kids surfed. And, you know, everyone you bump into on the beach. And as a kid, everyone surfs in Australia.
1: (laughs) Except
0: for me. uh...
2: (laughs) 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 But I'm sure you have. I have, Yeah. (laughs) When you surf, um so I remember I I believe I was eight I might have been nine and we I always say that it's Byron we were in Byron when I had the lesson but my mom corrects me and I can never remember where it was so anyways somewhere in Australia I saw um a bunch of kids surfing and there was a, a school like a surf lesson school Um, at the beach that we were at, and I just was watching these people, and I was like, I can do that. I want to do it, and my mom signed me up for a lesson, and it was with a lady. I'll have to find out. I'm so bad at this. I need to remember people's names and places better, but (laughs) um, I remember the feeling and the emotion, but it was a retired pro surfer. Um, She had a surf school there, and I remember the first wave that I stood up on, you know, I was on a big floaty soft top board and I was tiny, um, but I stood up right away and I remember being like, Oh, I did that. Okay. Let's get another one. And I'd always felt really comfortable in the ocean and I bodyboarded as a kid, you know, you play around in the shore break and drag your bodyboard around. So I would caught waves before and stood up on my bodyboard. And so it was, it wasn't a completely foreign feeling. It was something that I felt like it was an amazing challenge. And the rest is history. I mean, I rode a bunch of waves and came in and was like, I'm a surfer now. <laughs> and it wasn't. <gasps> <Okay.
1: laughs>
0: that, was- <laughs> that was my next question. Like, when did you just know, like, this is me? This is going to be my life. I'm a surfer. I'm a surfing champion. Sounds like that day. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, that day I remembered just the feeling of like, okay, I can do this, and this is something that I like. It wasn't until we moved to Maui where I knew that I was forever going to surf for the rest of my life. Um, when we moved here, and I like officially started surfing because I had a surf lesson, and then maybe I borrowed someone's board here or there as a as a kid in Australia. But um, when we moved to Maui. It was like we were going to the beach every day and every day after school. And my mom just loved, you know, the beach lifestyle and going um, down and getting in the water. And so it was kind of like a, you know, you bring your body board and kick around in the surf. And then eventually, um, my mom's sister, who lives here on Maui, gave me a board that was under their house. And I basically taught myself how to surf. You know, I felt pretty comfortable with my, my skills in the ocean. And I was, you know, staying on the inside and being really safe. And I knew kind of the boundaries of um, our spot and where not to get sucked out and end up in a bad situation. So I kind of taught myself how to surf and then, of course, had help from um, friends, parents and people down at the beach. You know, you you always kind of like help out when you see kids are learning. Um, But it was something that I was drawn to. And as soon as I stood up on a surfboard, it was like every day I just wanted to get better and better. And I knew that I would never stop surfing. Like that was something, you know, I played sports growing up. I played everything growing up, baseball, soccer, anything that was fun. I was really active, but surfing was something that I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Rest of my life for sure.
1: That's so cool. So then, how did? What was the progression from going from that to being like I'm going to be a big wave surfer? Like, uh, do you remember? Was there a defining moment, or or were you just intrigued and wanted to try it? Or tell us kind of how that ended up happening?
2: Yeah, the big wave thing was it's it was kind of a natural progression, and I say that because growing up here on Maui, you're kind of surrounded by big surf. I mean, in the winter time, we consistently have waves well overhead all the time. So, and big to, you know, everyone's big is different. And here, I mean, our waves in the wintertime are consistently bigger than anywhere in, you know, Southern California, let's say, um, where it doesn't get, you know, well overhead unless it's a really big swell. And that's like normal here in the wintertime. So on the North shore Maui, you get to see these swells roll in quite often that are really big. You know, we have one of the best big waves in the world called Jaws that is right down the street from my house. So I think it was like a, it was something that I was always kind of drawn to. And being, you know, I really started surfing when I was 10 here on Maui. And every year I felt more confident and more comfortable and, you know, kind of eased my way into surfing bigger and bigger waves. And our home break here, um, Ho'okipa is you know, each there's three different breaks. It's pavils, middles and the point. And as you get better, you can progress over and over. And eventually you're surfing the, that spot as big as it can break. And then at a certain point, it kind of maxes out. And then we're either heading to the west side or going up to Jaws. And as a teenager, I felt really comfortable in pretty big surf. And I really liked it. And, you know, of course, I was scared when it got really big and it was new and riding bigger boards and going to new spots for sure it was scary but it was always something that I really enjoyed and I love that feeling of overcoming fears and you know even like the feeling of being defeated like just getting your ass handed to you (laughs) pardon my (laughs) swearing but it's like that feeling is like it's just exciting and even to this day like you know you can have the worst session ever but looking back on it what you've learned and what you overcame is you know that's a part of the journey of surfing and in life so i feel like surfing's just always kind of a it's like a metaphor for everyday life you know and the challenges that you overcome in a session and riding waves and the highs and the lows and friendships and everything that comes with it um big wave surfing was just kind of, it fell into my lap, you know, I was 15 years old and my mentor shaper at the time really always kind of talked about surfing the outer reefs here on Maui. And at that time, um, his crew was, you know, it was paddle surfing. And of course, like as a teenager, um, the tow and surfing thing was happening here on Maui. And I mean, it basically started here and just took off. But my mentor Shaper at the time was like old school and he really loved paddle surfing the outer reef super early in the morning before the wind came up and he always talked about it and he always talked about getting me into it. And it was never something that it was like, I'm going to do that one day. Like, that's what I want to do. I'm going to focus 100% on that because I was so focused on just being a professional surfer and doing the contests and wanting to be a world champion. You know, and surfing these events in smaller waves, like shortboarding. And so the big wave thing was kind of introduced to me. And when I was 15, I got a phone call from him and he's like, today's the day. And this spot on Maui here that doesn't happen very often. Maybe we surf there, you know, once a winter. It's really rare to get the conditions that line up for it, but it's it's one of the best waves in the world. And he's like, we're going. It's perfect. It's this size. I have a board for you. Get down here. And I remember my mom drove me down and dropped me off with him. And we went out to um, to this lookout to check out the waves. And it was pumping. It was glassy. And it was picture perfect to have your first intro into surfing like bigger waves. You know, it was probably like 25 foot faces. So like 10 to 12 foot Hawaiian. We double it. It's kind of weird. Um, and I wrote a big nine foot board, which I'd never done before. And it was terrifying. It was like a 15, 20 minute paddle out and it's really sharky. Like this spot is uh, right outside to <laughs> the water treatment plant. And You're blowing it's blowing my mind. It's, it's a little spooky. Um, but I got three waves that day and That was the defining moment where I knew that I wanted to surf big waves because the emotion and the feeling that I got from riding those three waves that one day, you know, I still remember them to this day, like almost 20 years later. So that was the defining moment Um, being introduced by a mentor of mine to a passion of his that he knew and. He knew deep down that I was going to be really good at it. And I don't think at that point I knew much about big wave surfing or if that was something that I wanted to focus on. And he he knew that I was going to be good at it. And so it was kind of – it just fell into my lap. He, he brought me out there, and that was that was the moment.
0: <laughs> wow. What a cool story of – Yeah, someone believing in you even before you believed in yourself, and I'm so mind blowing right now. So you basically really started surfing at ten. You dabbled a bit in Australia, and then at fifteen, you're out surfing like twenty-five foot waves. That's that's a fast progression. If I I don't know anything about surfing, but holy cow, that's impressive. Talk to us like you've talked to us about the feeling of you know, that day. And I want to hear more about the fear, like the kind of fears that you face all the time and what you do to get through them. What are the mindset tricks and tips that our listeners could take for their own and use when they're faced with fears?
2: Yeah. Fear is a funny thing. I grew up raised by a single mom who Fear was never really a part of my childhood. You know, it was, she wasn't a worrier. Um, you know, I'd have a really bad bike accident, and come home all cut up and scraped and in tears. And she was always really calm and collected and was like, okay, hey, get in the bathtub. We got to scrub these things. And so I grew up raised by my mom in a way that, you know, we didn't really live in fear. So anything was attainable. And if, you know, if I wanted to put my mind towards something, I was being told that I could do it. And so I was very fortunate. My mom is an amazing woman and person. And I'm just so grateful for the childhood that I had. And the way that I think my belief systems, you know, they were instilled in me. So even to this day, like, don't get me wrong, I have fear, we're all human. But I really choose not to live in fear. Um, I feel like it's one of the most powerful um, emotions and it can control you and take all of your joy and your spark away. And so when I'm surfing and especially in, you know, in life threatening situations, I try not to focus on the fear and the being scared and the what ifs. Um, Because that's not truly living. That's living in the past or in the future. I really try to hone in on on what I've done to get to that point. And when I'm out in a lineup, I truly feel the most calm and present in my life. And that's why I love it so much. And also being okay with not putting too much pressure on myself. Because I feel in years past, I used to, you know, I have to go out and I have to do this. And now I go out in these sessions where I'm looking to find very specific waves that I want to ride that will make my soul and my heart feel like a champion, not other people and not being critiqued on my surfing. I just want to go out and find these waves that give me the feeling that I'm searching for. And so the fear gets pushed aside. And, you know, when you see a 50, 60 foot wave coming at you, don't get me wrong, I'm terrified. That's a very scary feeling. And the, you know, the repercussions that come from getting caught inside by a wave like that, you know, it can kind of ruin your winter. I mean, I've seen friends drown. It's, you, it's scary, but really trying to just focus on what you can control and doing what you love. And I feel like you know, those joys that I get from riding giant scary waves. I live with those, you know, sometimes they're only like three or five second long waves. Like they're so fast, 10 second long wave. And those moments slow down, and you can live off of that joy and that fire that you get from those quick moments for months, you know, and years. Like I still remember to this day some of my very best waves. And you know, at the end of those waves or after getting caught inside, you know, looking back on them, you're not looking back like, oh my God, like that was so, you know, I, I was so scared. It was like, wow, I get fired up. Like I did that, you know? And yeah, it was scary to for sure. Talk about it with friends. Like, oh my God, that was the scariest thing I've ever done. But you really like you live and you learn from those experiences and they're actually just like so exciting, you know, maybe it's the like living on the edge kind of feeling where, you know, those those ultimate highs are just the absolute best.
1: Well, something that you just mentioned that I actually wanted to talk to you about is that I think is incredible just from, you know, watching you over the years is I I know that you're super intuitive and you just were kind of talking about that and kind of like knowing when to when to go out, when to surf. And it's I think that's a really hard thing to do because you can get caught up in like what you said, like doing it for other people or doing it because you think you should or whatever. Like, how do you find that intuition? And um, is that something that you had to work on or is it are you just kind of innately intuitive? Um, in general?
2: Yeah, I, I guess I probably have a little bit of that in me from who knows where. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, I've always kind of felt pretty intuitive. And but I, I think it's living in your truth. And, you know, being okay with saying no, is totally fine. Um, but not saying no, just because, you know, you're scared, or what ifs, or, you know, just saying, hey, it's not my day today. And, And that is true to you. So you're not going to regret it. Um, And some days I feel like that, you know, it's like, oh, it's more fun to watch my friends and finding the joy in that because some days it is just awesome to sit back and, and let others shine and, and learn from, you know, especially out in a, in a lineup, you can learn so much from just watching. So I think trusting your intuition is, you know, just living in truth.
0: Mm, love it. I'll be sending this to my little boys who do extreme stuff. I, they'll listen to you more than me. I tell them, is it your day? It, you got to decide, is it your day? <laughs> I've, I've listened to you talk before about how you use your words when maybe you're trapped under a big wave. And I mean, I know you train to hold your breath and we'll talk more about that, but um, yeah. What are you telling yourself when you need to just get through something?
2: I truly believe in positive affirmations and, you know, I'm guilty of negative thoughts as we all are, but I think it's really easy if you're conscious of them to quickly turn it around. So in a really bad situation and in, you know, in the water, if I'm underwater getting thrashed around, I'm telling myself, I got this, I can do this. This is what I've trained for. You're going to come up. You know, telling yourself things that you would want all the people that you love and trust in your life telling to you at that moment. And you need to be that that group of people and that support system for yourself and just remaining calm. So using that that positivity and and just trying to stay truly present in that moment to be as calm and collected and and go from there.
1: Do you do the same thing before you compete too, as you're going to catch the wave? Or do you have some specific affirmations that you tell yourself? Or is it kind of depend on the competition and the day and stuff?
2: Yeah, I mean, the last contest I did in El Salvador, that was a bit different than a, a big wave heat, you know, big wave surfing is, it just doesn't happen so often. You know, I get to do it a handful of times a year. And if we have a really good winter, it's 10 sessions or something here. Like it's, it's not very many moments that you get to go out and and do that. So the big wave competing thing is kind of funny, you know. I just go out like, okay, let's go have fun. This is an opportunity to be at a big wave spot with only five other people out in the lineup. So it's a bit different. It's more of, you know, it's still positive, but it's let's go and enjoy this. Where the the shortboard stuff like, you know, I was a couple of heats away from qualifying for the Olympics and that was something, you know, that was the goal. It was to make it as far as I possibly could in this contest to hopefully qualify. So coming up with a strategy before each heat, because the conditions were, you know, changing every half an hour, the waves are completely different. So for sure, it's, you know, going into those contests, I was definitely telling myself like, I can do this. It's just two waves. My surfing is as good, if not better than most of the people here and telling myself this and so when you paddle out, you're kind of letting go of all that talk and just doing. And that's when I truly feel like I surf the best is when I, you know, I let go of all those thoughts and everything that you've been um the positive and the negatives and the what ifs because you're like, "Okay, what if I don't catch a wave?" and just truly truly trying to like focus on being in the moment and doing your absolute best and that's all you can really do. So it's similar but a little bit different, right? Coming up with a strategy but also telling yourself that Let's go out and do this.
1: <laughs> and do you have other things that you do besides affirmations? Are, are you a big at on visualization or any other things that you feel like really help you when you when you're competing?
2: Yeah, I think visualizing, you know, if you you want to win something. I mean, every athlete in the world that has won titles or um, games will tell you that they visualized it. I feel I at least everyone that I know that I've talked to about it. Um, mm-hmm really visualizing what you want some of my best waves that I've ever ridden I've ridden them before I physically rode them wow. which is a really trippy feeling and it's it doesn't happen all the time and those magical moments that happen you know like my jaws barrel I rode that wave so many times in my mind And when it actually happened, it happened so fast that I was almost in disbelief, like I came out of the wave and was just in shock, like, whoa, is this real life? Because I've felt this feeling in my mind, you know, and in my dreams. So for sure, visualization is super important. And I think that, you know, you can manifest anything that you want in your life, as long as you're willing to commit to working hard towards it. So visualizing that and then doing everything you can to get there.
0: Yeah. Let's, let's talk about that working hard because we know that you're good at that. Not every athlete is, but that's one of your strengths. Um, What does it mean to you to work hard? What does it look like to you? I
2: like the quotes. (laughs) I mean, that, that varies on, you know, day to day and the time of the year and all that sort of thing. But, you know, working hard is making sacrifices and Doing what you believe you need to get done, working with coaches, putting in time. I mean, surfing is one of those things where you can train in the gym, you can work with coaches, you can video, you can do all these things. But the very best thing for surfing is surfing, you know, becoming more in tune with the ocean and being able to see the wave or the way that the water moves and the way that the wind moves with those waves. It's funny, like there's so many things that just become innate over time and you don't even think about them. They're just, you know, it's a part of you and the way that you move with the ocean. And but that comes from years and years and years and years of surfing. So, I mean, that's working hard to me is putting in the time Mm -hmm. and, you know, setting goals and working to achieve those goals, working to, you know, check the boxes of things that you need to do in order to to reach those goals and you know pushing away all the clutter in life and the distractions if you really want to achieve things you you know you have to make decisions to to support that and mm. sometimes it's saying no <laughs> yeah and sometimes it's um getting really grindy in the gym you never know it's it's a combination of a little bit of everything but it's all the good that goes towards mm. your passion
0: this is such gold because I think, you know, social media is such a big thing these days, and you can't possibly show all the sacrifices that you've made, all the hours of work in the dark, or like you said, all the times you've said no or yes. Um, it's it's hard to show that in a reel <laughs> or a picture. Um, so I love that you said that for our listeners. And I'm curious, you talked about cross-training a little bit, but I used to be a swimmer when I was a kid, and we used to love holding our breath like for as far as we could that was part of our training how long can you hold your breath I know you train that right to for the big waves
2: yeah I I mean I should be doing a lot more of that I usually start to do more breath work in the fall and kind of integrating it into our like physical training um getting prepped for the winter and That's usually my big wave season, you know, big waves, you can chase year round all over the place, but right now I'm not traveling as much. So, and the winters, I mean, jaws is my main focus and being as present and ready for the winter season as possible. So breath work comes into that part of my like actual, like physical training. Um, I should be doing a lot more of it. I think it's something that I want to tap into more and learn more about. I mean, the longest I've, to answer your question, the longest I've ever held my breath was four and a half minutes. Um, What? What? That was uh, doing a breath hold um, diving course. So we worked up to that. So it wasn't just one, two, three, go hold your breath. I don't know. Maybe I could do maybe a minute and a half right now if you asked me to. Um, There are certain exercises that you can do to prepare your body and your lungs and your diaphragm and just everything in your body to get to that point. So I think that that was probably after like three or four different breath holds in a series and then a recovery and then you go longer and then you recover. So it was a buildup that was probably, I don't know, 20 minutes or 30. Yeah, probably 20 minutes of like building up to that point to do that but it was really cool because before I did that course so I highly suggest ever like if you ever have the opportunity to do a breath hold course it is just so amazing what the body is capable of we're sitting in a classroom and the guy's like the the average person that isn't an athlete can hold their breath between four and six minutes and I'm like yeah okay the longest I've ever held my breath at that point was like 90 seconds like a minute and a half and that was day two of the course I did four and a half minutes. Like it was wild. Um, There was like a lady in the class that was doing the course um, just to learn more about how the body works and the actual biology of what's happening. Um, And she had asthma. So it was more of like a, to train her mind and to learn about the physiology of, of what's happening when you're holding your breath and, and all of that. And she held her breath for three minutes. She'd never held her breath longer than 30 seconds in her entire life. So it's <laughs> incredible what the body can do, but um, having the tools to learn how to do it, you know, it's, it's not just a one, two, three, go. Okay. down mm. the pool.
1: <laughs> that, that's me. Julia will be like, let's go take pictures underwater. And as soon as we get to the place to take the picture, I'm like going back up. She's like, you didn't even wait for me to take a picture. I'm like, I can't hold my breath. <laughs> Oh, well, tell. Okay. So I love how you're talking about just, you know, the best training to surf is to surf, but has it always been fun or do you have to sometimes like kind of make yourself go? Because I think that that's sometimes what people will ask. They're like, well, do it. Does it mean I always have to love it? But I feel like, you know, what's it been like for you? Have you always loved going out there or have you had to kind of, you know, talk yourself into going sometimes?
2: Oh, I mean, I've been surfing for 24 years now, I guess. And for sure, I've gone through phases where I, Didn't like it. I mean, yeah, there's so many variables in surfing too, and I, I'm bored surfing certain waves. You know, I'm like, okay, what am I gonna get out of this? But being in the ocean is the most magical thing there is. Whether it's a five minute quick dip in the middle of my day to just kind of reset and recalibrate, and okay, now I can take on the world again. Um, Sometimes I go out and surf sessions with that in mind. You know, it's. I'm going out to get to get wet and I'm going out to get some sun. I'm going to do a 45 minute session and then I'm going to carry on with my day. If I went out every surf session thinking that this is I have to rip and this is my focus, I don't think it would be fun. So, I mean, there's definitely times where I'm just so in love with surfing and so in tune and having a great time. And then there's times where I'm like, God, all these people out in the water like this isn't fun anymore. So it's riding waves and (laughs) like metaphorically, but it's, it's up and down and I just truly love the ocean and my way of, you know, expressing myself in the ocean is through surfing. So I absolutely love riding waves from one foot, knee high ankle slop, or not even breaking waves on a foil um, all the way up to, to giant surf. And I think the, The lifestyle of surfing is just the absolute best thing in the world, you know, fresh air, salt, salt water, and being out in the sun and in nature. It's just, it's the absolute best.
0: You sold me. Sold. Uh, <laughs> Is it too late for us, Rowan? Are we too old? I don't know. I'll keep trying. <laughs> but we, you know, we're going to have a lot of listeners who haven't found their thing yet. They haven't, they're in maybe soccer now or gymnastics. And um, I hope that we get some people listening who go out and try to surf because I actually think it's hilarious right now. We've got a Canadian surfer and an Australian skier. It's like, we lived the, <laughs> we chose the hardest <laughs> path from where we came from to do what we did. Um, but I I look, at, I listen to you talk and I watch you and I, I think about the surfing lifestyle that you said, and it's true. You will be doing this till you can't walk, I bet. I mean, how beautiful is that?
2: Yeah, there aren't very many things that you mm-hmm. can do in the world that you can do to- you know, from the day Mm -hmm. that you're born until the day that you die. And I'm sure like, when you, you know, when you're really old, and it becomes really challenging, but I'll still be getting in the ocean every day. And Mm. it's, it's a pretty magical thing. But for sure, you know, surfing isn't for everyone. And it's my passion. And it's what makes me feel so good. And I think it's really important for people to find that thing that makes them feel so good. And it doesn't have to be a sport. Um, Although I I think moving your body and being outside is the absolute best thing that you can do. Um, But it doesn't have to be that. It's finding something that you truly care about and that you love and that fulfills you. Um, And, you know, that feeling of just being stoked and excited about something And it can be the smallest of things. It doesn't have to be this elaborate. Now I'm an athlete. Like it can be something, you know, I truly find so much joy in playing in my garden and, you know, growing plants. Like I'm like, this is the most amazing thing ever. Like check out these beans that I'm growing. (laughs) So it's just finding something that you really love and that brings you joy. And that's different for everyone. Well, okay. before we
1: go, we re- we want to ask you, what does um, being a champion mean to you?
2: Such a tough one. I mean, I think being a champion is different for everyone, and mine my, my views and feelings about that change depending on what we're talking about, right? But like, truthfully, for me, like for myself to feel like a champion, it's living in my truth and doing things um that i believe in and living my life um that way and with with passion and with integrity and i feel like a champion when when i'm living that
0: <laughs> i can tell that your life speaks that page um aside from all your surfing prowess just you're a very inspiring human just how you think how you Talk, I mean, your life, it's not the ordinary path. And we are so grateful that you would take your time to just, yeah, share your spirit. That's what I feel coming through. When you, I loved what you said about being a champion. That sounded like truth to me from you, like that was pure. And um, I know there's going to be some listeners out there who what you've said today sparks something inside. There are so many gold nuggets. We'll do the athlete breakdown in case you missed them because we got them. Um, but thank you for joining us, Paige. Thank you um, so much.
2: Thank you, ladies. Awesome to see you also on video. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best.
0: Okay. I enjoyed that so much. What an authentic soul. There were so many beautiful tips and tricks in there and just life philosophies we're going to go over everything in a little more detail in our athlete breakdown on thursday join us to becoming the best you can